Thanks for pressing play. This is Milena Regus with the Unhustle Podcast, a podcast where we challenge hustle, busyness, burnout, stress, always-on mentality, and life in the fast lane. A podcast where we transform lives, inspire change, and shift perspectives. A place where we redefine a new, or shall we say, an old way of living. We share stories of people who will inspire you, challenge you, and motivate you to unhustle, claim back your time, follow your dreams, and live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. Thank you for joining us. Now let's dive in. Today we're sitting down with Erica Zeal. Erica is... Um, an amazing human being that I've been fortunate enough to connect with um, from our human potential coaching program, as a matter of fact. And we've uh, become close in the past couple of months um, as business owners and coaches. <laughs> and I have so much respect and appreciation and admiration for what Erica does. In the past 15 years, Erica has made it her mission to help women feel their absolute best throughout every stage of womanhood because everybody's bodies are different. Her focus has been on a fusion of nutrition, wellness, and movement that is unique to each individual. Erica is a Pilates instructor, core specialist, pre- and postnatal exercise specialist, and loves educating people about how to properly strengthen their core. And as everybody knows, core is the ultimate <laughs> focus if you want to have a strong body, strong um, inner fire, strong motivation, strong intuition, strong everything. But um, Erica, on top of all of this, is what I would consider an online influencer in the fitness industry. She's got a huge amount of following, great audience, and she has these amazing programs and um, courses and downloadable products um, for people. So she's basically kicking ass in the fitness industry. And <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> Erica's giving me a little bit of time here to talk with um the Unhustle audience, as well as Erica's audience, on a few things today about um, unhustling and hustling. So, um, welcome, Erica, to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Melina, for that wonderful intro. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, you're busy a busy woman you're you know health and wellness entrepreneur you've had your business for 15 years uh, you're what i would consider an online influencer and on top of everything a mom of three kids yes <laughs> so you have a lot on your plate so um how do you uh, how do you find that balance how do you find that time for everything you do oh my gosh that is kind of an ongoing um it's ongoing effort in a sense. And, I, and this question always gets me thinking of like balance. And I feel like honestly, where I'm at in my life, I don't know if there's really truly such thing as actual balance. It ebbs and flows and it shifts. So there's, and I will, I will be completely honest. Like there was a time, especially at the beginning of 
uh, my business, especially when I started getting into like creating DVDs. And I was like, you know, I was in it to win it. And I spent hours and hours of like, I wanted them to be just perfect and all this and that. And, and there, and I definitely worked too much. And at some point it got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, with each child I'm having, I'm working more, I'm getting busier and I don't like that. So it really has been my entire, you know, my oldest is 12 now, you know, since she's born of like, I love working because I'm just so passionate about it. And I feel so pulled that like, this is a part of what I am supposed to do. This is so much of my purpose. Um, and when you have something inside of you that just like wants to burst at the seams, you know, it's almost like another child that you're like, you know, you're, you're growing and creating, which is what I feel like my business is, you know? So it, it really is an ongoing and evolving balance. So there's phases where if there's a lot going on in the business and working on a, a project, for example, I'm definitely going to be putting more time in working and, mm-hmm. you know, being busy with work, but it's really being about trying to be productive. And that's something as the years have gone, I've gotten a lot better at being really productive with my time so that I'm not just having to hustle for hustle's sake. Like if I'm working, I'm hard working. And I know we've talked about this, the difference between hustling and hard work. Um, and then there's other times where if work for me, um, can be a little bit less, I really try to, you know, spend more time with the kids or if the kids really, you know, need me for certain things or like we had spring break recently, you know, so I tried not to work too much and schedule things that week. So it's kind of that just ever flowing of balance where it's going to shift back and forth. And I have actually kind of learned to stop striving to find like a perfect balance and kind of acknowledging and realizing like it's going to, you know, ebb and flow. And I have an incredible support system. Um, my husband's so good with the kids and, you know, if he's needed to do extra things, running kids around, like he does it and thank God for carpooling. (laughs) (laughs) Yay for carpooling. So I think yes. it's super important that, you know, we talk about this work-life balance and, and, and how do you get this in a, in a day-to-day basis. And um, that's one thing that I, I think it's, you know, balance, um, it's a tricky word and, and I feel like everybody's trying to, to find that balance, but it doesn't have to be in every day as long as you have your moments or or time periods like you said if you have a a project coming up and then you you're working hard on on getting it launched but then you have your downtime and your time with your kids and and that's that's also balance Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's it's looking at it as um like the hills and valleys of busyness right so anytime you do you have periods of what can feel like chaos or just lots of lots of busyness going on it needs to be balanced out by you have to schedule yourself in breaks or you know um you know schedule weeks where you're like okay this week I'm just going to book my schedule and do all these interviews or whatever it might be but then know the next week you need to keep it lighter because if you just go full speed ahead all the time, you will burn out. And I've, I've hit those periods. I've learned a lot <laughs> in my adulthood, really. I've always been the entrepreneur. Um, and I can't ever just seem to do one thing, <laughs> which is good and bad. <laughs> it has its pros and its cons, you know. Um, but I have definitely learned that, you know, again, the ba- word balance is, I guess, what comes up for me. 
but in my own viewpoint of balance for me and what that looks like. And I think a big thing around that is not comparing what your balance work, personal life, all that is for you to somebody else's because Mm -hmm. what your needs are, are different than somebody else's. And one other big piece with this is, is around like the acceptance of this where like, I have strived like to like, you know, there was a period of time where I was like, okay, I have all these things I want to do and I've got to get done in my day. And when I actually took a step back and kind of acknowledged like, I don't like to work out in the morning. So I'm not going to get up first thing and do my workouts because that doesn't set me up for my best day. Like that's just not me, even though that's the industry I'm in. I -hmm. will teach people in the mornings. I have no problem with that. Right. But it's about finding works for you. So for me, I'm not going to force myself to do something in the morning that isn't a good fit for me personally, if I don't have to, and I don't, I work from home. And so I can you know, work out during the middle of the day. And that gives me a break, you know? And another thing too, is like forever, I was like, I should start meditating in the morning. Everyone talks about how great it is and it'll set me up for a great day. But in all honesty, it was actually adding stress to my life because I was like stressing myself out to try to figure out like, how the (laughs) heck am I supposed to meditate? And you know what I mean? And I was like, so finally I just accepted one day (laughs) to start to go so I like it's crazy but I think we don't realize we do that to ourselves (laughs) yeah we put all these pressures on ourselves and what you're saying is so important that comparison with other people and and doing what actually works for you and you know if everybody's saying that yeah you have to meditate first thing in the morning that may not be what 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 works for you so finding what works for you and, and and stopping the comparison and I feel like I can this all these um directions i can just take this just this little bit of conversation going i'm so excited right now we have so much to talk about but um yeah i mean uh, finding what works for you not comparing yourself to other people and allowing yourself to do what uh what what really works for your own sanity <laughs> and for your own well-being absolutely and it can change and yeah. yes, and being receptible that it will change. Most likely it will change. I mean, our bodies change, our minds change. So why would your day not change with all of that? I was wondering, um, we talked a little bit about busyness and, and, uh, and that word busyness and, and being busy. You know, I feel like people just say, uh, when you ask somebody how you're doing and they go, I'm busy, I feel like that's some, almost some kind of like, well, I'm successful. To me, it equates with I'm busy, mean, meaning I'm successful. And busyness is, is kind of what I equate with the word hustle. And to, that's probably part of the reason for the unhustle movement is to get people to, to slow, slow down, um, prioritize, focus, and, and claim back their life and, and their time back. And, we, yeah, we're entrepreneurs and we're, we're business owners and we, we have these fires within us and we want to change people's lives and do all these things. But that doesn't have to be necessarily done from a business perspective. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you said that you used to hustle. You came close to being to, to, to getting burned out. And I think that's so huge right now uh, in terms of how many people are, are going through that stage. So how do you stay? How did you manage to get out of that burnout mode uh, and realize what really is important to move your business forward? 
So I think, well, I think it's this whole idea of like, you know, work smarter, not harder kind of thing. Like I'm all one for hard work. Um, but if you actually take a moment, just take a step back and look at your day and actually, well, here, let's just go into like, here's really what helped me was, um, I definitely ran into some health stuff like a year ago. And so whenever something health stuff comes up, that kind of is like a little knock on the door, like, hello, there's something going on. Even though someone like myself who was essentially doing everything right, but there's those underlying pieces sometimes that aren't in our forefront of our wheelhouse of um, what we know a lot of. And so that for me was probably a big moment of, hey, I need to like take a step back because something's going on, even though I kind of thought I was doing everything right. And so when you're forced to, to really take more you know, self-care and really focus on your health, that's a big wake-up moment. But I would say even prior to that, um, you know, it's, I always love, I think it's also finding what you love doing. And for me, like I love creating, I love working out. I'm a project person. Like I've always kind of said, like, I love, I love, I love creating. I love, like I started out creating DVDs. I wrote a book and then it's turned into like creating online programs and training courses for instructors and more coming, you know, products, all sorts of things. Like I love that. So for me, I've realized, and I don't, again, I don't remember when this happened, but definitely in the last couple of years, really realize, so starting to realize my strong points. And I think that's a really important thing when it comes to like running your own business or even running your own household, even if you don't have a business, right? Sometimes we can look at just having a family and kids and activities and a job that you might just go to, even if it's not your own business, like kind of running it like a business, like, okay, what am I really good at? And what do I really enjoy? And how can we delegate some of those pieces of our life um, or in our business that don't, that I don't need to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that's easier said than done. Right. I have had to learn how to delegate like crazy. Um, and it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie because especially when you build your business from the ground up and you learn how to do the ins and outs of everything. And you're just like, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to figure it out. Right. right. <laughs> and so you get to this point where you're like, I'm like, there is not enough of me to go around and do everything that needs to be done and continue to grow and create. Like it just doesn't happen. So for me, when I really, you know, I have a team now that does like jack of all trades. We have, you know, all sorts of things going on behind the scenes where then I've had to work on letting, letting go, which is, hard. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. But as I've been able to slowly progress at doing that, because you can't just rip off the bandaid. I don't know how to do that. But then I've actually started my creativity, you know, has been coming back and you're able to see the bigger picture where if you're stuck in your like to do's of so much essentially busy work to do that you could actually be having someone else to do and they would be excited to do it. Right. So that's, it's all about like perspective of what, what you're doing. So for me, I know my focus is really creating and teaching, inspiring. And I have to step away from, from a lot of the day to day because otherwise I don't have enough brain space and I sure as heck don't have enough time to do all of that. 
So true, so true. But the, I think the, the challenge that a lot of people face, uh, whether they're stay-at-home moms or starting a business, is the initial, you know, you need, you don't have, let's say, the financial resources to delegate, leave alone like the 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 willingness or the letting go part. Um, I know I was talking to a, a mom uh, with two young children and, and she's an online entrepreneur and she just, she needs more time and she needs to pay the bills. So she's just, how do I delegate? How do I find more, more time? How do I pay for that babysitter to come home and take care of my kids so I can focus on my business? So what's your advice to these people? Oh gosh. So <laughs> It's, it's hard. And I think that that's a big, like it needs to be acknowledged. Like this is not an easy thing and it's not something you can take lightly. But for me, I've always felt that when it's time to bring on another person in the business and probably, you know, initially, I mean, I think, um, I was like me doing mostly like everything. I like wore all the hats, but I would outsource a little bit. So it's finding someone who would help with the design, um, finding someone to help with videos where you're just paying them when you need them. They're not full time or anything like that. Um, and then as time's gone, it, it, it feels like you're always in need of more help before you can actually financially afford it. I hope someday that that changes, <laughs> but in the beginning, in the beginning, especially I feel like you get to this point where you're like, I need, I need help. I need assistance, but I don't have the income right now to pay for it. Well, I think you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith in doing this. And when you realize like, okay, if, and this can even be for the stay at home moms. And if you're, if you're running a little side business, right. If I were to have just a couple hours of help a week um, to do whatever these tasks are that I could easily teach this person to do, and it, and it frees up, say, five hours of your time, then you can take that five hours where you could be working on your new project or doing things that only you can do in your business. Or again, if you don't have a business, just a couple hours where you could have a babysitter, then it can give you a little bit of that time to really take care of you. So that way, when you come, when you get that little bit of a break and, and you get to refuel yourself, then life is so much more enjoyable. Mm. And, and, but it's, it's crazy because I, I look back at the growth to this point and I, I'm feeling that now because I'm working on some new projects and I'm like, Oh man, I can see like, we're going to need more help at some point. And I'm just like, goodness sakes, like it would be amazing to have the financial income before you need that. But it seems like it happens the other way around. And I actually think that's pretty common within a lot of businesses. You get to a point where, you know, like when I, um, brought in, um, my, um, another team member to really help with a lot of things. Like I felt like I was almost doing two workloads. And I really was, as I kept slowly delegating things to her, I was like, Oh my gosh, you realize you sometimes don't even realize what you're doing until you take a step back. And you're like, goodness sakes, I'm doing more than I should be doing. And it's adding to your stress load and it's decreasing your productivity. So that's where it's really important to, if you're really feeling like, okay, I'm ready for it. I'm going to take this big jump and I'm going to hire someone. It doesn't have to mean you have to hire them full time. You can start with a couple hours and that little baby step could give you just that little bit of a relief you need in order to do what you need to do. So true, so true. Going. Oh. 
Yeah, I mean, just baby steps. It's 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 absolutely absolutely right. I mean, even I'm at the point right now talking from a personal experience that um, exactly it's baby steps. And even if you don't have the the financial income, um, that time would 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 actually move your business forward. So yeah, trusting and and taking the leap of faith and and baby steps to free the time to do the things that are really important from whether it's in your life or in your business. Yeah. And I feel like from a financial perspective, it's really all like a lot of times, you know, it can be, it can, you can make it happen by re looking at where you're spending your money. You know, even if it means you as a business owner having to take a pay cut yourself, you know, in order to bring someone on a couple hours to get that started. But in the end, you know, it could take a couple months and then next thing you know, okay, now I'm, financially, my business is now making more money and I can now pay this person more hours and I can get myself back up to where I was. So like, I think you have to just, you know, when you run your own business, there are these, those are those risks with that. That sometimes you just have to, you have to take that bigger risk on like, okay, I'm personally going to take a little financial hit to, in order to grow this, but you have to look at the bigger picture and, doing those, you know, smaller decisions that you're making now that might seem stressful and like big things, but you have, in order to get where you want to go in the future, those things many times have to take place. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about looking at the big picture. Um, I feel like that's a really important thing for, um, for everybody really to, to consider. And so what are your, do you have a certain routine or, or do you do it on, a, on a, a certain time period? Or how do you go about looking at the big picture for your business and, and seeing what's, what's the most important thing you have to address in the next year, three years, five years? Walk us through that process. Um, yeah, so it's so interesting because it's changed so much from when I really started running a business. And it used to be like, okay, you had to have like a business plan and all that stuff. And now it's like stuff changes so quickly that, well, it's not a bad idea to have a, a business plan per se. I think it needs to be looked at a, as a, and it depends on the business you're in. Let me be upfront with saying that, but, um, particularly with what I'm doing right now and the online, you know, I can't predict what's going to happen with social media in five years. You know, I, it's just, so you have to, a little, you have to be, you have to go with the flow to a point, but it's also good to have a plan, but even more than having a plan per se is I think having like big dreams, whatever those are. And something that I've been doing more of, um, this, these past several months is I actually have Brendan Bouchard's uh, planner that he has. And I don't use it every day um, because some days it just doesn't happen. I don't sit down and do it. But the days that I can, my first thing I do once I get back home from getting the kids off to school is I sit down with that. And what I love about it is he, he brings you through questions. So like on the left side, it's like your morning. Okay. What kind of helping you frame your mindset for your day and I think this is very, very important because if we just set off our day going at our to-do list, we have forgot what our bigger picture is. Mm-hmm. So it's almost on a daily or even if it's, you only do it once a week, like, 
what are these bigger things you want to accomplish? So every, so when I get a chance, I try to do it a couple times a week, I'll write down like my big goals, like, okay. And some of it could be looked at as like manifesting things. But the great thing about that is we're always putting that positivity and those great big dreams in, in just into our, our, our mindset, I guess. So it's a good mindset set up. If, I guess that's a good way of wording it. Um, but then also can help you break down, okay, what are my top three goals or top three things that I have to get done today, right? And then also framing of, okay, what are my big projects I'm working on, even if I'm not doing them today? And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important because for me right now where I'm at, like I've got a couple projects, haven't even actually like started them yet, but they're coming. But those are in my, like, these are big projects I'm working on and I'm working on other things to kind of wrap up some things, courses and other, other things that I want to get done before I really start diving into that. So then I don't feel like I'm spread so thin. And then I can really dive in my focus on these projects and you may or may not work on them every single day, but having that overall of, okay, where do I want to go? You know, what are some big things I want to do? Even if it seems like it's unachievable right now today, if you don't ever, if you don't believe that you can do that, then it's, it's pretty likely it won't happen. If you believe it will happen, even if you're like, this may not happen for five years, you at least still believe that it will happen and you need to put it in writing somewhere like dream big. Like if you want to be a best-selling author or you want like whatever it is, you want to create a product, you want to do this, you want to do that. Like you don't want and actually believe that it can happen, then it's going to be that much harder. So you have to start by believing in what you're doing and, you know, obviously doing, following your passion is a big thing. And I will tell you that I remember my dad always said this growing up. He's like, Erica, just, you know, follow your heart, do what you're passionate about. And then, you know, the rest of it kind of falls into place. And I like have always truly believed that, but there were times where I was like, man, I don't know if I ever got on Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary would be like, Erica, you've got yourself a great hobby. You know, this is like five (laughs) years ago (laughs) from like the online, you know, perspective. And so it's so crazy, but it's one of those things where if I if I kept listening to that thought in my head, maybe some people would have quit. But I was like, nope, there, I just know I'm supposed to be doing this. So I'm just going to keep going. And it literally is that just keep going one foot in front of the other. If you can just make it work, have that belief in yourself. And then you just never know when kind of all the stars align and all of a sudden like the magic really starts to happen and you start impacting just more and more and more people all the time. So important. So the positive mindset, the, the believing, the, the writing down your dreams and your projects and you actually physically writing them down in a, in a journal um, and having them um, stare at you every morning yeah. or every but then, But you have to have your actionable items that you're going to focus on during your day and really breaking down, you know, and you'll hear a lot you know, there's always those to do's we all, all of us, I feel like, like I love a to-do list, right. But it can get a mile long. So you have to break it down. And instead of looking at a list of 20 things you need to do that day, focus on the most important couple. And that's what you need to do first. Yeah. Because that's what's going to move you forward versus getting overwhelmed by the 20 things you have to do. Focus on two or three and actually get them done. And then you move forward. Amazing. I love it. Oh, yeah, (laughs) really good. Feels good. (laughs) Yeah. So I suppose that was, in a nutshell, your advice to uh, people who are actually hustling um, how to 
prioritize yeah. and how to to focus their days yet continue to to move their 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 business forward and their life forward yes absolutely now how do you um how do you unhustle <laughs> how do i unhustle okay so I do try to put boundaries around like when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not. And that has helped me. And I, I don't, I'm not perfect at that. There are definitely days where I feel like there's more going on with work and I kind of want to check things. I'm waiting for an email, you know, coming back from someone that I'm like, you know, really excited about something going on. And so then I'll catch myself like checking my email more than I, I am trying to allow myself <laughs> to check it. So that does happen. And I think like for me, I just, I'm like, okay, that's okay. I give myself permission and kind of like, okay, acknowledge that I'm doing that. And I don't want to do that all the time. So then there's the other, mo- most of the days when I'm, you know, working, I'm working, I'm focused. And then when I go pick up the kids from school, I I don't look at my computer. I really try not to look at my phone, stay off of social media. Um, so I'm really present with my kids. And then if I have to, if I do have to get some work done with the kids are home, like that's fine. They they're off playing and I'll, I'll focus for whatever a lot of time is. I need to get a little bit done and then I put it away, you know, or sometimes I just end up working more in the evening. So again, it kind of depends on what's going on. But if, when you can separate the two a little bit, which especially if you work from home. (laughs) Yeah. But I think we've gotten into this world of like feeling like you have to check social media and respond so quickly and email and you really don't, you really do not. And I I talked to my team about this. So everybody's on the same page because I don't want any of my team members also feeling like they're adding stress to their life because they're having to be on, you know, checking things so many times and you really don't like, it's not the end of the world. If someone has to wait 12 extra hours to hear back from you. So that's helped just from a day-to-day like life so that I, I, and I know that's not a specific like unhustle thing, but that does really actually help to build up to my trying to be less hustling (laughs) during my day. Um, you know, I love going out walking in nature. And I would say that's, that's at the top of my list because it's something when the weather is nice, I get to go outside, take my dog, we go for a walk. Um, and so not only am I getting activity and exercise, but I'm also getting out in nature. And um, I tend to try, I tend to listen to podcasts, which sometimes I try not to, but even when I'm walking and I'll be listening to something sometimes, oh my gosh, I get the best ideas when I'm out there. So it's just like a fun time for me and it's decreasing stress and keeping me more balanced all at the same time. Um, I, you know, I love my Pilates workout. So movement's a big piece for me for sure. in keeping in that unhustled, um, because I just think movement is so powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit some really, really key points here, um, of being present, whether you're, whether you're working and being present, um, yet minimizing all the distractions or being with your family and being present. So just the whole being present, um, being in the moment of whatever it is that you're doing um, is so important. And then the fact that you are um, not, you're setting up some boundaries with technology and not letting technology run your life and especially emphasizing the same with your team. I think that's also really, really important nowadays because just, just because we are walking around with a smartphone, that doesn't mean you have to respond to that notification or that um, message right away. 
And then the connection with nature, so important for getting grounded, for creativity, the movement part. I love the movement part. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, the movement and from um, a movement perspective, what are some of the things that you, um, you see working really well for people? Well, of course, being the, the kind of having created my own category of my core training that I do, because I noticed that uh, you know, so many um, of my clients over the years, especially when they would first come to me, were having, they weren't able to connect to their core correctly, or they were having back pain, pelvic floor issues, poor posture, all, all those things, you know. So it really set me on this path of, you know, diving in deeper to core training and fascia. And the thing that I love about it is it's not just about having a strong core. It's about learning how to connect correctly with your body. It's a lot of about body awareness. And I think there's so much that we can learn through movements about our body awareness. And it's not just about fitness. And it's so crazy because I came from the fitness industry. Like I studied exercise science in college. So I get the science. I get the nuts and bolts of all of that. And that's great to a point. But we have to learn how movement can really be powerful from also an energetic perspective and how, you know, if we learn how to connect with our core and a lot of stuff I do revolves around core because core is not just your abdominals. So let me just like re put a picture up there for everybody. Like when you think about your core, it's really like your entire torso. It's from the base of your pelvis. I would even like to beg to say that it you know, involves your hips because, well, everything's really connected um, all the way up underneath your shoulders. But the key piece of this, like I briefly mentioned, is because fascia is another piece that I, I like to talk about a lot, um, is we basically have one fascia through our whole body. So everything in the body is intertwined and connected. But I always typically start at core. Because if someone has some sort of aches and pains, um, or they've done a lot of gymnastics in their lifetime, or a certain sport, and they have that kind of overuse factor, um, and been doing a thousand crunches a day for their entire life, right? They've never learned how to connect deeper in their body, right? Because doing a lot of crunches, well, yes, it can make your abs look good, and there is some purpose and function to it, but it's an overuse movement. So it's really about taking a step back, learning how to connect through the pelvis, pelvic floor, which doesn't just affect women. I'm going to come out and say that it also applies to men as well, because it's a key piece in understanding what's going on with our hip function. And if you're not connecting correctly through your pelvis and your abdominals or deep layers of your core, like that could explain why you have back pain. That could explain why your neck hurts or why your foot hurts, your knee hurts, like everything's so intertwined that um, for me, that's where I love movement because it's so therapeutic, not only physically, but also like emotionally and energetically. Mm. I love that. So um, I know from our coaching program as well, we've, we've talked so much about the intelligence of the body. And so I feel like what you're doing and connecting people um, to be a lot more aware of their body through their core is so important um, also for, for just being more aware of what's going on also with their emotions and their feelings. Um, how do you, 
how do you see that in your work with, with your clients, or do you see that in your work with, with your clients that they that um, movement actually makes them even more connected with um, with the intelligence of their bodies? Oh, absolutely! It's it's amazing, and I, I like to approach it as a journey because it's not something that happens overnight. And it's like layers, like think of an onion, right? You've got the layers. So when someone first start, starts to really learn from me, whether it's online through my Core Rehab program, or I'm working with them one-on-one, or you know, they, they're learning through my instructor training and applying it to their own movement and body, is when you first start to learn it, you're like, Erica, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like I get that all the time. And the reply is always, you have to trust the process. And so when you do that... Then all of a sudden, and again, the, the timeline on this varies person to person because again, body awareness, what's their history with movement and, and all of this, but there'll always be that moment where they're like, oh my gosh, I get it. Like there's something that happens one day and it's so magical where they've been practicing, they're listening to my cues. Cause when I teach, I'm, I, I cue, I don't just tell someone to move in a certain way. Like I cue very heavy. So it's very detailed cueing. It's very uh, visual. So I always talk to my clients, again, whether in person or online, and really getting them to, you know, even if you don't feel what I'm telling you, you could be feeling or doing, and you're just having a hard time with it, visualize it. Visualize what you want your body to be doing, and it will happen quicker. Right? There's actually research out there that shows how powerful visualization is with strengthening the body, and it will blow your mind. It's amazing. And that will actually really help them get results quicker because what we're doing is it's not just creating stronger muscles. It's actually more, it's more about the fascia and it's actually more about the neurological connection between the mind and the body, body and the mind, right? So we could go really off on a tangent (laughs) if we wanted to, but it actually, like, I swear it makes you smarter because (laughs) we're creating, right? If we look at the, the, you know, we talk about the brain for a second, right? And how we can actually, no matter what your age is, we can create new pathways of the brain. And so that's what we're doing. And that's why this takes time, right? Because we actually have to be able to like feel what's going on in the body. And for most people, that pathway doesn't exist in their brain. That's why they can't feel it in the beginning. But as we continue to practice it, and this is where visualization comes in, when you visualize it, you're telling your brain what it's supposed to be feeling. And then one day, all of a sudden, it all clicks. And then I get... So I, you know, clients, you know, women online, whatever, they're always like, oh my gosh, I had this aha moment today. I finally felt it. And then they'll keep working through the process, learning new exercises, new cueing. And again, they'll have another aha moment down the road of like, oh my gosh, I feel something deeper. So an interesting thing is, and I'll just share this story briefly. Like, so a good example is I have my core rehab program online, which originally came about because I had moved back to the Midwest, um, had a huge influx of new clients, and I even had other trainers sending me their their moms because they were like, Erica, I don't know how to get her core to work, and you you clearly seem to be have some magic touch with that. So help me get her core to work. <laughs> cool. So I had all these women moms, you know, that had all the pelvic floor issues back diases, all this stuff. And they were just so defeated. You could see the look on their face. Like, and I'd start working with them and you would just, some of them would actually cry or they'd be on the verge of tears. And it was almost like, it was like a twofold, right? We actually kind of hold emotion in the tissue. 
Um, there could be trauma there. There could be just the fact that it hasn't moved for so long. And then when it starts to move and women start to connect, and especially because it's a sensitive area when we start addressing the pelvic floor. And all of a sudden you give her this little glimpse of hope and she can feel something in her body that she didn't think she ever could. And you give her this sense of, not even a sense of hope, like the fact that it actually is going to happen. And then all of a sudden the the symptoms start to go away. She starts to feel so much stronger and it's just, it's amazing. So that's where, where I was propelled forward to like, I was like, I have to create this core rehab program. And it literally like, it flew out of me. It was crazy how quick we, we put this, this program together. And, um, and it's amazing. It's literally changing thousands of women's lives up to the, up to date. Um, and, so for instance, like we'll have a mom, a woman that, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a mom to do it by the way. Cause we actually <laughs> have women that are like, uh, this sounds like it'd be really good for me. Cause I have like pelvic floor issues and back pain and all that kind of stuff. We're like, can I do it even if I'm not a mom? And we're like, absolutely, absolutely. But that's just our, our, yeah, our target market. For sure. <laughs> I want to try it. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I, I, I can use some stronger core and some pelvic I've, floor exercises. Absolutely. Yeah. Like pretty much everybody can. (laughs) So the interesting thing is like, we'll have a woman that will go through the whole program and it takes time. Right. And then, then, you know, she gets towards the end and she's like, Oh my gosh, like my body feels so good and stronger. And she's like, I think I need to do all this again because where she is by the time she works her way slowly through the program. And then when she starts again, she's like, Erica, this feels like a whole different program the next time around. Mm. So it's, it's, uh, and that's the biggest thing with, with what, with what I teach in particular is it's not a quick fix. There really is no, no such thing as a quick fix out there. Right? right. Um, even women that are like, you know, they, they think they need to have surgery for diastasis or hernias or all that kind of, you know, any abdominal surgeries or anything is like, well, you can't cheat fascia is what I say to that. You know, maybe someone does need surgery to help to fix that, but it doesn't actually heal the weak fascia or the disconnect that's happening through the course. So the only way to fix that is through movement, through the connection of the mind and the body and the breath work and all the components that I teach. And it is, and it's not just about like fixing something. It's also about prevention and, you know, preventing these things from happening in the first place because the interesting thing is, you know, we, we grow up and those of us that are active and athletes and do all sorts of fitness stuff is you end up getting to a point where you've been taught almost incorrectly. And it's, it's not because you, that instructor taught you wrong. It's because that instructor didn't know any different. This is why I'm actually working on a course to help to change this. Cause I'd love to see a whole shift in the fitness industry, but also how we're teaching, you know, women through pregnancy and postpartum, which is why I teach that course right now. And it's amazing how, you know, one instructor after the other, we're starting to make, make a shift. Um, but it's improving her quality of life, both now while she's working on it, but it's going to stay with her for the rest of her life, especially if she keeps practicing the concepts and, and also works on how to implement these pieces in your day-to-day life, because we only have so much time to work out. And that's the learning. I look at those sessions as like, that's where I'm learning. That's where I'm teaching my body. But then I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, you know, proponent of teaching how to incorporate these things into your life, because that's what we spend most of our day is just in our life, moving, sitting, standing, carrying, holding children, whatever it is, that's where you need to take the pieces that you're learning about your core and your body and the movement and apply it to your life. And that's where you just, 
things just start to propel forward. But in the beginning, just like learning any new skill, it takes awareness. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes commitment. It takes trust. <laughs> Lots of things, but it works. It works. <laughs> Baby steps and patience and time. All these things. Yep. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Well, um, I love what you're saying and I can't wait to check out your courses. Um, I know I can use some uh, stronger core. And, you know, that's what I'm, I'm noticing too. I mean, when I used to be you know, younger and, and go after all these, um, um, when I was younger and I used to go after all these hardcore workouts and, and running and all these things and they may work, but they don't go deep. Um, like you're saying, yeah, if you do a thousand sit-ups a day, you may end up with great abs, but then deep, deep inside, your muscles are not necessarily that strong. And so now I'm, I'm working on more of a deep core movement and more mindful movements and things that our bodies are used to move in a certain way. And that doesn't necessarily mean lifting weights or, or running on a treadmill. So it's interesting how the whole fitness industry is actually changing um, more and more to go into that direction and have that mindful movement component to it, which is what I love about what you're doing. Thank you. And, you know, I get a lot of, um, a lot of customers and women that, and students that talk about, you know, they want to get back to their running and their high intensity training. And I don't have an issue with that. My biggest issue I have is that, it, you know, in the industry as a whole, we need to be recognizing when a, a student or a client isn't ready for that movement. Because what I tell everybody is it's, it's not that you can't do it forever. It's that we, we need to take a break from it now to really work on training our body in the correct way how to connect. And then you can slowly work your way back into those higher intensity exercises. And the incredible thing is we've had women that, you know, are runners and they trust the process. And when their, their body's finally healed and stronger and ready to start running again, and they slowly work back into it, the response we get time and time again is that they're like, Erica, I am, my runs are faster. My runs feel stronger. I don't have any incontinence issues and things like that. Now, after having three babies, then even before kids. And that to me sheds this incredible light that, you know what, this whole myth of, you know, you have to get weaker and have all these issues, you know, whether it's just through aging in general, because that's an excuse that's thrown out there or after having X amount of babies, my whole thing is that doesn't have to be that way. We just have to take a step back and educate ourselves. And so that's, that's my purpose. That's what I'm here to teach. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, are there any plans for your business that you want to share uh, maybe in the next year or two years that are exciting and you want, sure. to, you want to share now? Yeah, yeah, I do have a couple things. I'm not going to, I can't go into detail, but, um, no details. Have, yeah, <laughs> but I do have an instructor, another instructor training course that we're going to be starting on, um, very soon. Like it's in my head, it's there, it's like ready to burst at the seams, but I've been like, I'm focusing on Dell and like doing my things I need to do <laughs> and kind of get those off, you know, done so that I can then be really ready to focus on this new project of mine. And, uh, and then I've got a product that will also be coming out. We'll see. I have no idea on the timeline of that. Cause this is a whole new venture for me. Never created a product, never gone into manufacturing. So 
I have no idea. I have no idea how long this will take to get to market. (laughs) That's exciting. So yeah, just trusting the process and and, exactly and keep keep going at it, right? Yep. Yep. Um, All right. Well, um, so at the end of each day, what makes you smile? Mm, Knowing that I got a couple things done that's leading me in the right direction from a work perspective and doing calls like this and coaching calls. I always love that. Um, But also, you know, one thing I really love at the end of the day is when I get those hugs from my kids and like, I just get to spend that little bit of extra time with them at night, whether it's reading or even if it's a late night to bed and I just get to go in and give them hugs and tuck them all in. And like, even last night, my youngest said to me, she just stops. She looks at me. She's in bed. She's like, mommy, I love you. You're amazing. Or something like that. It was the sweetest little thing. And it's so sweet. I always tell my kids, I just, I I cherish those moments because they do grow. They're growing up so quickly that that for me, um, you know, when they're little, little, it can seem like time moves kind of slow because it's just, it's a lot. Um, Mm. and now that at that age where we're running all over the place, like I realize, like, yeah, this is, you know, in six years, my oldest is going to be grad, like pretty much, well, she'll be a senior. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's not really that far away. So I will tell you that that's, that helps kind of slow me down a little bit because I'm like, no, I really want to make sure that I'm there when I, when I really need to be for my kiddos. So Mm. that's a, that's just a big part of my life right now. So it's a, it's that it's that balancing, right? <laughs> it is, but yeah, that's awesome. I can I can feel the love coming from yeah. you. Talk about it. <laughs> that's great. Um, well, um, is there anything you want to share with uh, our audience that I didn't ask you so far? And how can uh-huh. people find out more about? Yeah. You? So. Yeah. So I have all of, you know, all my information and programs and some free workouts. Um, it's all at ericazeal.com. So you can find everything there. I also have my own podcast. It's called the core connections podcast because it's not just about movement. It's all about health and wellness and living a, living a healthy lifestyle, but everything's related to our core in one form or another. So I somehow always tie it together. I love your podcast. So yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Love it. You have Thank some great, you. great um, people on there and great information. Excellent. Well, well thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Erica. I look forward to uh, yeah, staying in touch in the future and I'm going to check out your courses and thanks for all the honesty and transparent conversation here. And just, uh, I think it's awesome for people to hear somebody who's so um, um, successful in I guess it's the word in our society um, from a family perspective, a business perspective. I mean, you just, uh, you're kind of like a, a, a rock star. And, <laughs> and it's oh, good you. to hear that you, know, <laughs> you do have your own challenges and it's, you know, it's um, one thing at a time, but finding the time to do the hard work and then finding the time to also hustle and find that um, time to yourself. Is, is, is key sounds like to an optimal life yep absolutely well thank you so much thanks erica have a good day you too thank you for listening to the unhustle podcast a place where we have real unedited conversations on the topics of hustle burnout stress life in the fast lane 
and more. We hope you enjoyed it as much as I did interviewing our guest. Connect with us at unhustle.com and follow us on social media at unhustle experiences. Thank you for listening today. Stay unhustled.